Welcome to this year's final episode of A Pushing History. This episode is going to be discussing the Strategic Defense Initiative, also known as Star Wars, which was a government defense program designed to prevent the detonation of nuclear weapons on American soil. Before we start talking about the Strategic Defense Initiative, also known as SDI, we must first learn about the man with the plan, Ronald Reagan, and how he got elected as well as the history of the Cold War. Before Reagan was elected, the Cold War had been going on for three decades. Just after World War II, the United States and Soviet Union became extremely suspicious of each other and sought to one-up each other as well as spread their respective ideologies of democracy and communism. This conflict was a Cold War. The Soviet Union acquired nuclear weapons not long into the conflict, which prevented any actual war between the West and the East. In the 1950s, China fell to communism, and the Korean War happened where democracy supported the South and the communists supported the North. After multiple years of fighting, the fighting ceased as a stalemate took over. In the 1960s, the world almost ended on multiple occasions. The Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962 almost caused nuclear Armageddon. But luckily, cooler had prevailed. Also in the 1960s, the Soviet and Americans raced to the moon. Although the Soviets got to space first, America beat them to the moon. From 1968 to 1973, the United States fought a proxy war against North Vietnam, who was being backed by China and the Soviet Union. In 1973, America pulled out of Vietnam after multiple scandals and a lack of progress. All throughout the Cold War, both sides had been spying on each other and had been in an arms race that had resulted in tens of thousands of nukes being possessed by both sides. All of this context goes to show that at the start of the presidency of Reagan's predecessor, tension was very high. Prior to Reagan, Jimmy Carter was president. Carter's presidency was wrought with crisis and failures, which he had some responsibility for. Some of these problems were a consistently bad economy, the Iran hostage crisis where American diplomats were taken prisoner by the new Iranian government, a major oil shortage which caused a spike in prices and a failure to respond to the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan. While Carter was not solely responsible for these failures, he took the brunt of the blame, which ruined any attempt at re-election. Carter also did accomplish much in reducing the tension around nuclear weapons. In 1979, Carter signed the Second Strategic Arms Limitation Treaty, or SALT II. Prior to this, Nixon signed SALT I in 1972. The world was a safer place prior to the creation of SDI, but SDI would be instrumental in ending the Cold War completely. American people wanted something different from Carter, and Ronald Reagan was the polar opposite of Carter. Ronald Reagan was born in Illinois, and was a well-known Hollywood actor by the time he entered politics, which gave him a lot of experience in public speaking. Reagan had already tried twice before to become president, but both times lost in the primary. The 1980 primary was different in that Reagan had very little competition. His only competitor was George H.W. Bush, who is not nearly charismatic or popular. Reagan went on to face Carter in the general election. Carter and Reagan also had very different economic ideas. Carter wanted to regulate industry and redistribute wealth, while Reagan wanted to deregulate the economy. The main campaign promise that we will touch on is Reagan's foreign policy, and more specifically how he planned to deal with the Soviet Union. Many Americans thought that Carter had been far too diplomatic with the Soviets, and the deals they had made hadn't favored Americans enough so they wanted the next president to be hard against the Soviet Union. 
Reagan had a reputation of being harsh against communists. This reputation comes into play during his presidency, but first, we have to talk about the election of 1980. The election of 1980 was one of the largest landslide elections in history. Carter's presidency had left the American people dissatisfied, so whoever ran against him had an advantage to win. Reagan's natural charisma and his career in acting also made him very popular with the American people. Reagan's policies were also the antithesis of Carter's, which were widely unpopular at the time of the election. The main one we're going to be talking about is the Strategic Defense Initiative. You may be asking what was the Strategic Defense Initiative? SDI was a government plan to protect the United States by using advanced weapons. Research for the project would include lasers and orbital anti-nuclear missiles. The research on lasers would gain SDI's nickname, Star Wars. While it may seem comical that the United States' solution to the very serious threat was lasers, the Soviet Union was extremely concerned about SDI. The Soviet Union was having a rough time in the 80s and was on the brink of collapse. The Soviet Union was in massive debt as they had been in a state of economic downturn. The Soviet Union had also been fighting a costly war in Afghanistan, which was being prolonged by American funding of the Mujahideen. The Soviet Union needed to cut back its military spending, or else it would collapse. The creation of SDI complicated things, though. Mutually Assured Destruction, or MAD, had been governing the military principle between the Soviet Union and the United States. In case you don't know, mutually assured destruction is the idea during the Cold War that neither the United States nor the Soviet Union would launch a nuke at each other, because if they did, then the other would retaliate and cause the end of the world. This idea is obviously very concerning, as it is essentially the two major superpowers gambling with all of humanity that the other superpower wouldn't find it worthwhile enough to end the world. Reagan also took issue with the med being the only thing between existence and the end of the world, which is why he created SDI. This comes back to the Soviet Union because they had invested heavily in MAD, which resulted in them having the largest nuclear arsenal on the planet. The Soviet Union believed in MAD so much that they had a dead hand system where even if the government in Moscow was annihilated, their nukes would launch automatically. SDI threatened to disrupt MAD and this terrified, and this terrified the Soviets. If the United States could destroy Soviet nukes, then they could also launch their own nukes without any fear of retaliation, which would be the end of the Soviet Union, as they would have no way to fight back. This fear resulted in multiple events, all of which would help the United States defeat the Soviet Union. First, the Soviets began to invest in their own SDI-like program, which made the aforementioned economic problems even worse. The Soviet Union at this time spent at least 15% of GDP on its military, which severely hampered its economy to the point of near collapse. This extra spending added more stress to the Soviet Union economy, which was already at its limit. The second event was that it forced the Soviet Union to come to the bargaining table over nuclear weapons. Secretary Gorbachev, who became the leader of the Soviet Union in 1985, realized the overspending of the Soviet Union and cut back military spending, which resulted in their SDI-like program being all but cancelled. Gorbachev instead opted to try and handle the problem diplomatically. Gorbachev and Reagan met multiple times in order to discuss the reduction of nuclear weapons. On multiple occasions at these conferences, 
both sides would be close to coming to an agreement or on reducing their nuclear weapons, but Reagan would refuse to give up research on SDI and the deal would fall through. An example of this would be at a conference in Geneva, Switzerland, where Reagan and Gorbachev both agreed to half their numbers of nuclear weapons, but the deal would not happen because Reagan refused to give up SDI. Eventually, both sides came to the conclusion that they could discuss SDI and the reduction of nuclear arms separately. This agreement only came about, however, when Gorbachev learned of spending cuts to SDI. These conferences were not pointless, though, because they set the stage for a major diplomatic breakthrough in the form of Strategic Arms Reductions Treaty, or START, as well as the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty. Overall, SDI allowed the United States to bargain with the Soviet Union and make the world a safer place as well as gain a position of power through the threat of defense. In 1991, the Soviet Union would collapse as the Soviets lost control of its satellite states, and the hardline communists staged a coup in Moscow as they believed that the economic and diplomatic compromises he had made, many of which were partially caused by the SDI, weren't communist enough. You may be asking yourself what happened to SDI. While there sadly aren't orbital space lasers, the program did eventually yield some tangible nuclear missile defense systems. The program was renamed multiple times and ended up being called the National Defense Agency. This agency has weapon platforms such as the Patriot missile. The, this missile is designed to be fired at a ballistic or nuclear missile and destroy itself and the enemy missile in the process. This missile had been given to the United States the form of defense against nuclear and ballistic threats the SDI strive for. We haven't given up hope in developing anti-nuclear lasers, however, as the Air Force, Navy, and multiple private companies are all currently researching anti-missile lasers. I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Pushing History Podcast. We will see you next year.